Why, hello, and welcome to Biblical Chile. If you'll be so kind as to come this way, I'll find you a place to take that load off. They're just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. See, around these parts, we speak openly about the questions that people have on their daily walk with Christ. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, this is Jesus speaking, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. We rely on the Bible for answers and direction. But this is not your regular Bible study. He didn't like me very much, so I kind of separated but you're, myself you're a, from him. But you're a likable guy. I would like to think so. I, I see you, <laughs> Sully, over there. But We value your perspective, and we want you to join in a conversation. The fellas will tell you how you can do that once they get started. Scriptures were coming to mind. And all of a sudden, I would quote a scripture that I hadn't even researched, and I hadn't looked at that scripture for years. Ah, well, looky here, an open seat right up front. Grab your Bible and your favorite drink. They're just about to start. Oh, there's the door. Listen, I'll check in on you later. I got to go. Order up. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to have a unique episode today. Tom is going to be taking this one up, but Tom and Mike are actually logging in remotely. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We've never done this before. So they're going to be remotely remoting in and we have a few people here. So let's go ahead and go around the table. This is Justin. This is Sully. This is Wayne. Live from the Bahamas. This is Tom. <laughs> nice try. Live from Vegas, this is Mike. <laughs> Stay off the beach, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a quick word of prayer. Tom will jump right in and he will do what Tom does. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening and I pray, Lord, you'll please be with us this evening. Send your Holy Spirit here to give us wisdom and guidance. And I pray, Lord, that impact will be made not just in our lives, but those who are listening. We love you so much and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Mentioned the Holy Spirit just now, and that's going to be what our topic is for tonight, is what is or who is the Holy Spirit? The Bible talks a lot about him. He's even mentioned as far back as Genesis, the creation of the world. So, guys, I'm going to pose you this question. To you, who is or what is the Holy Spirit? Let's do this kind of rapid fire. Rapid fire, I will say the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Godhead. I would concur. Okay, I, I, I would say that he is the third person of the Trinity. All right, I like that. I, I know that when Jesus was resurrected, he said that he was going to leave a counselor, be with us, that leads us up into the Pentecost. In Ephesians, it talks about this counselor being grieved, not grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So this holy counselor that's with us, if we can grieve it, does that, do you think that means that it has feelings and emotions more so or equal to those of us humans? I, th I think he would be definitely like, uh, and that's, that's one argument and or a point that's been out there in... I guess just Christendom in general, because people talk about the Holy Spirit being more or less a power source. And I think it's interesting that you bring that up first thing. Uh, and that's actually in Ephesians 
uh, what is it, Ephesians 4.30. Uh, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed by the day of redemption. Yeah, and I think that's interesting that you'd kind of springboard off with that because that does, I, I guess, prove or, or set a basis for him having feelings or, or being a thinking being. I, I keep thinking about the Trinity, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. A lot of people don't understand that. But I would say grieving the Holy Spirit would be like grieving a loved one. To me, it would be like grieving a loved one. I mean, if we're conscious about the Holy Spirit, we're conscious of how the Holy Spirit is working in us, is working with us. And I, I, just, think, I just think it's God. It's God. We have to be conscious of those things in our everyday life. I don't know if I'm out of line on that, but those are the feelings that pop into my head. I also have this picture of when the gift of the Holy Spirit was given. I mean, I'd like to have that flame sitting on my shoulder, wouldn't you? (laughs) How about you, Mike? Flame, shoulder, Baptist boy? (laughs) I don't know if I want to have a flame on my shoulder. I'd feel kind of weird. I don't know. I'd just be odd. I think <laughs> people people already think I'm odd. I don't know if I want to push that a little farther. <laughs> push it out anymore. Am, am I wrong in what I'm saying, though? I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on what I tried to share there? I mean, I think that if we go back and back a, a verse, the grief here, I know that you said like grieving a, a, a person or a loved one. The, the word grief here is to cause great distress to back in Ephesians 4 verse 29 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth that which is good to the use of the edifying is that may minister grace unto the hearers and then it goes into and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God this one here is to to cause great grief to that means that you know we are in constant walk and communication with the Holy Spirit because he's kind of the, our counselor, the one that's going to be go between between us and God. What we do hurts his, his feelings. What it causes him grief. It, it pains him to see us or, or know that we're doing wrong. Can can I read mine? Ephesians four twenty nine. This is one of my life's verses. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. A lot of us probably wouldn't talk much. I mean, you know, that's the, the shame of that. I mean, I guess going along with what you said, Tom, we have to be conscious of the Holy Spirit at all times. And I, and I think he's a prompter and he's a, I mean, he's talking and we're, we got to be listening. But who would want to grieve God? Grieving, when it, come, when it comes to stuff like that, I mean, isn't grieving not always something that is abrupt and like straightforward and just in your face isn't grieving also something that you are if you're doing something rude or mean or whatever the case may be to me and then you say you're sorry and then you do it again and you say you're sorry and you do it again you say you're sorry and you do it again wouldn't that be a, a case in point of grieving and eventually don't you become like if i can you know put it in holy spirit context don't you become more or less numb to the I'm, I'm sorry's and you don't feel that remorse anymore. So where's where's the love, man? Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. Love? I would agree with that. Yeah. I know that we all have habits in our lives. 
and we struggle with habits. And and I guess what you just said comes into play there. Yeah, okay. Sure. okay. I, think that, I think it all comes down to the matter of heart. Because if you are truly repentant, you may slip and fall, but if it happens over and over and over again, you will be forgiven if you repent, but you have to be sincere about it. And Okay, I slipped. I'll try again, and then you slip again. And sooner or later, it's it's like disciplining anything. You know, gonna, your slips will be fewer and far between if your repentance is earnest and and, and actual heartfelt. But wouldn't that go along with being a habitual offender? And it's kind of counterproductive. Like that's the way I look at that. If you're gonna sit there and go, please forgive me for my sins, and it's like you leave the. Because my grandma would always tell me the fact that, you know, these people would go to AA and then after AA, they'd get their little coin, they'd go across the street to the bar and they would go back and do it again. I mean, it's kind of counterproductive in my point of view. No, that I think I think it hit the nail right on the head, man. Because, I mean, if Christ is inevitably, and, and the Holy Spirit, if we can say that, if, if they're inevitably trying to help us develop this new character, this new life, and, and, and you know, move forward in our own lives, it, it is counterproductive, isn't it? I mean, you're, <laughs> you, you fall back down. But I, I think the bigger thing would be, and, and kind of going along with what Tom said, it's getting back up that's more important. Because we may slip and fall, but once again, it goes back to that heart. Why, you know, what are you actually doing? the heart or the will to actually go past this addiction or this actual thing to actually push you beyond it. I I can see that. Right. Right. Hey guys. So you're saying the Holy spirit is, you know, the person that is trying to basically influence us and help us. I got that. And then, so to offend him or to hurt his feelings against essentially it would be i guess another way of looking at it as well children parent relationships is the same concept and i think god displays that in the bible as well quite a bit how if you know your your parent or your guardian or somebody is trying to help you and they tell you hey you know don't go play in the street and you keep running out in the street <laughs> eventually it's one of those situations I, where i know you guys can't see it but yourself, scott just raised you know? his hand like oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> right so there's there's certain situations that the holy spirit is going to keep trying to help you but we have a free will if we choose to just keep going against him and going against the guidance that even we know is right I mean, that's where I believe the the grieving part comes in because he's grieved to the point that he's tried and tried and tried, but our stubborn will is refusing to obey it. And that's, and it's something that we know is wrong. I know it's wrong to go play in the road, but I'm not going to listen to my dad and I'm just going to keep doing it. Even though he disciplines me many different ways, I'm still going to do it. I don't care. And eventually I'm going to get killed because I don't want to listen. That's essentially, you know, where it's going to grieve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is trying hard to keep you from those areas, the sin and, and the agony and going down the wrong roads. And I think that is the grieving side of it. It's literally like uh, Wayne was saying, you know, that, that personal, personal touch. 
because it means so much to him. And it, um, th- there's a, a, a bright side to this. Uh, we brought up grieving the Holy Spirit. Now in Matthew, in chapter 18, verses 20 and 21, I'm sorry, 21 and 22, and it's Jesus talking to the disciples. And then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I have forgiven? Seven times? Jesus said, I say not unto thee until seven times, until 70 times, seven times. I think this is really relevant when speaking about the Holy Spirit as well, because this is coming from the mouth of Jesus, part of the Trinity. This is good on our part, because there is no limit to how many times God will forgive us. No no limit, as long as it's a matter of heart. You actually are trying. You can slip and fall. It's cool. We're human. He knows that we're all flawed. It's that, that act of trying. What do you guys think about this eternal forgiveness? Do you, do you think there's a limit, or do you think there's are stipulations that, that I'm not seeing? Okay, so God's character, one of God's characters is long-suffering, meaning even though I deserve to get whomped, he's still not going to do it because he, <laughs> he has mercy on me. I believe forgiving somebody is a character trait of God. So if we are close to God and close to him, forgiving somebody is going to come from him through us. I think that's that's the thing I think that a lot of people don't understand because there's a lot of anger and, and resentment towards people and in our society, for instance. <laughs> yes, please, so, please don't dive into politics. <laughs> that's an endless rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but I, I didn't say which side. But the point <laughs> is... I hope it's the right side. The, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the point would be that without God and without his characters in you is hard to do. If you have God's character... What I look at when he was talking about 70 times seven, when I look at that, I think that he wasn't really trying to say a number. He was trying to give them an understanding that you just need to keep doing it and doing it and doing it as long as you possibly can. You know, eventually there might be a situation where, you know, you, you're forgiving somebody, but they, they just don't want it. You know, they might not want the forgiveness and there's, you know, it really depends on the situation. But in this aspect, I believe it's, you know, God's long suffering that helps us to forgive and just keep doing it like a boundless situation. Mike, I liked where you were going with the uh, parenting thing. I just like to share one. I mean, I'm kind of relating to the grieving parent thing here. I remember I went through a, um, a situation with my daughter and there was nothing I could do to protect her. And I remember coming to her after the situation was over and I remember laying down at the end of her bed and weeping, weeping uncontrollably because the situation was out of my control. The choices were being made by her. I was there to forgive but I was still grieving because there was nothing I could do to stop it. She came out of it. She's a, she's a good woman, a good mother. But at the time, it's like that was grief. That was grief to me. And I think 
as we talk about grieving the Holy Spirit, I think that we can relate to that a little bit because we are his children and he sees what we're doing. We're not, we're always kind of, we might be looking the other way. We know he's there. We all hear about, we're never alone. It's not a, I mean, God is always there. God's always with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. So we're not alone. And the things that we do, we need to be conscious of that. I mean, and I've had my issues over the years. And I am constantly on my knees or praying for forgiveness for this thing. And it's a good thing he's long-suffering. Or it's a good thing he doesn't send me out into traffic for the last time. Uh, <laughs> hey, go on this team play and we're going to whack you. Wayne, it was you who ran into traffic, man. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. If you are not in a relationship with God, in reference to you haven't decided that you want to be his child and you want to have him as your Lord and Savior and you, you want to have him as your father, that situation is a little bit interesting as well because a lot of people say, well, God's with everybody. And that's where I, I do need to remind people that in Bible it says several times that there's two different fathers. You're either your father the devil or you choose God as your father. If you haven't made that choice, then this topic that we're talking about, you can't grieve somebody that's not yours to begin with. It grieves Christ in, in, in the respect that he doesn't want you to die and go to hell. You're not going to have that Holy Spirit. That comforter is not going to reside with you until you make that choice. Because some people think that you know, God's with me, but yet they haven't made a physical or, or, you know, a heartfelt choice as to what they're wanting to do with their life and actually made it a profession of what they're doing to God. They're just like riding the fence thinking they can just, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm part of that. But you can't be part of it unless you fit, you make that choice. And that's something to remember too. You, you can't grieve the Holy Spirit if you haven't made that choice. That'll definitely preach, Mike. Speak, we're talking about grieving the Holy Spirit. This is, uh, I'm going to kind of play the, the other side of the fence, if I may. I'm in Luke 12, verse 10. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, this is Jesus speaking, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him. Can I get you guys' uh, input on that? I'll jump on that one. So you're talking about you're talking about the unpardonable sin, as a lot of people would call it, and things of that nature. Well, many people have coined that phrase, but I don't know right. that it's That's called unpardonable. But yeah, for you to grieve the Holy Spirit is one step, but for you to go against the Holy Ghost and and go past the point of no return. I look at it as I don't believe you were ever in to start with because he says there's going to be a lot of people at the throne that say, I did all these miracles. I had this, all this stuff in your name. And then he's going to turn and say, I, I don't even know how who you are. If you're truly born again, you're going to have that heartfelt understanding because the Holy Spirit is in with, is within you. He's going to convict you. And you're not going to, there's going to be a point in that conviction where you're, you're going to turn back. It's just, there's like, <laughs> God's going to chase in the ones he loves. He's going to spank you. In other words, he's going to, he's going to go after you. 
you're talking about the the unpardonable being the I, I guess more or less the the sin that you're uh, if I if I can word this and you can correct me if I'm wrong like the the sin that you are unwilling to look back at and or look back to and and repent from to the Holy Spirit is is that if I could I sum it up that way or it, that's a, essentially what it, it boils down to okay. that or where some people say well I'm I'm saved but I can keep doing this sin over and over again and it's okay because I just ask forgiveness stuff like that is not that's not cohesive to the Bible and it's not cohesive to what God's word says about the character of a Christian when they're born again. We've talked about the fruit of the spirit and things like that. And if a person is truly born again, the Holy spirit is going to convict them on a whole nother level. And they're going to, he's going to talk to them about their personal relationship. A sin that is, you can't say a sin before salvation because once you're saved, those sins are essentially, you know, they're washed away. But if you're going to not step away from it, God's going to chasten you. He's not going to just let you get away with it. It's just like, again, it's just like a parent saying, hey, stay out of the road. You keep running in the road. Eventually something's going to happen. You're either going to get killed or you're going to get hurt really bad. And then God's going to go, look, I tried to stop you from those results, but you wouldn't listen to me there's going to be a consequence of your sin on earth on those aspects of that. God has ways of getting your attention. The unpardonable sin, I believe, is is not a Christian really saying it. It's like somebody that says, you, you know what, I come to the decision choosing Christ or choosing my sin, and I'm going to, I'm going to choose sin over Christ and over the Holy Ghost and over these things. And that's where I think your verse here, where it says him that blasphemeth against the Holy Ghost, it, it shall not be forgiven because he's come to a point in his life where they've just said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to have anything to do with God. And, and I have chosen it in my heart. There is people living today that have such a vile not, not reputation, a vile spirit within them that they're going to live their life the way they want to live it. It doesn't matter if the Bible calls it sin or not. They are going to live that way because they are choosing it. And it doesn't matter to them what God says. Those folks have literally chosen a path that I believe is literally at the point where God says, okay, well, fine, you've made your choice. And he just lets them go. There's other verses in the Bible that talk about God letting a person make their own choice and make their decision. If they choose to do that, then it's it's their choice, and he's not going to try to go after them any longer. Well, I get your point, Mike, but I also think that the one of the best parenting advices that I've ever gotten, yeah, I don't have children, but the best parenting advice that I ever got was, I'm not mad at you but I'm greatly disappointed in you is one of the best things I've ever heard because it shocks you. Even as an adult, you're like, darn, I screwed up. Blasphemies against the Holy spirit. It will not be forgiven. Well, what, what would that consist of? Because I don't even know what that looks like. Is it because we're rejecting him? I think that's what I'm hearing you say, Mike, you're rejecting them because you're choosing to go your own way. Now, is right. that blaspheme? Is that blaspheming? Well, I'm, I'm what glad is the you definition went, of the word? It's good you went down that road 
Wayne, because okay, what does blasphemy mean? And uh, let me let me give you three examples. Scripture actually specifically states three exact examples of what uh, blasphemy is. First of all, is persecuting God's people in the name of God, and it talks about this in Scripture. I think in the Book of Revelation is where it talks about this because in the end of time and, and all that stuff that happens there, people are going to be quote-unquote, doing God's will by killing God's own people. Mm. They think they're doing what God... That's blasphemy. It's, scripture calls it blasphemy. The second word, or the definition of blasphemy, Jesus gives the next these next two definitions, and it talks about this in correlation with Jesus. Claiming to be God on earth. When Jesus himself was talking to the Pharisees, and they were, always, they were trying to trap him and all this other stuff, and then Jesus happened to comment to him, and he goes, hey... Why do you want to persecute me? And they say, we do not persecute you for the good you have done, but because you, claiming to be God on earth, have committed blasphemy. Mm. And they told him that. But he was God. Was he committing blasphemy? Obviously not. Another instance, same situation. I don't think it was the exact same, but it was the same type of situation where God, I'm sorry, Jesus himself forgave sins. He, he told a man, he said, what it was? It was the guy with the bed that, that I think it was broke through the roof. Remember, yeah. and and the, his friends broke the roof up. They lowered him down, and he said, "You know, get up your bed and walk. Your sins have been forgiven." You know, and he t- he was talking about this in the Pharisees. Oh yeah, you know, because he was in a house, and they were, they all you know big uproar. Nobody can for- forgive sins, but God alone. You speak blasphemy. And then Jesus obviously replies back and he says, is it easier for me to say your sins have been forgiven or get up your bag and walk? And he says them both, you know, to try to try to prove the point. But mm-hmm. once again, he was God on earth. So he, he didn't commit blasphemy. So I'm glad Mike went down this path because I think he's right. Because if we get to the point where we can't even hear the helper, the Holy Spirit, when we can't even hear him or even pay attention or hear his voice or react to him, then we are just completely numb to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And all three of these would apply. Because if you don't believe you ever need to be forgiven for sins, and many people live their life this way, I don't need to be forgiven. You are claiming to be God on earth. You are the one in control of your destiny. You are your own creator. You are, you know, you are the one that decides whether you've done something wrong or not. And I think Mike hit the nail on the head on the other side of the coin. This is just the flip side, if, if I can go down the little did you know. So I'm, I'm glad you went down there because that's actually what blasphemy means. Mm-hmm. So what do, you, what do you think when it comes to that knowing what blasphemy means? What do I think? I mean, those are great definitions of what blasphemy is. And not, I mean, you're going to be looking at things a little bit differently now that you've heard those things. They were, they were attacking him. He was God, and he was God on earth, and he was healing. And how can you... Even look at someone and say, I mean, you've helped somebody else. You've healed them or you've forgiven them. I'm just blown away by their reaction to it. Well, I mean, their their reaction was a just reaction because if Jesus was not God, then he was. But they didn't believe that he was. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem exactly. lied in. They didn't have the faith. And that's why several times, and we talked about this earlier, several times Jesus said, you know, uh, I've never seen such greater faith in all of Israel mm-hmm. because Israel had, at that point, their religion has had basically fallen them apart or bro- mm-hmm. broken them down. But then I think we've hit a lot with the Holy Spirit. But you know, what's interesting 
and I'm just going to, this is going to be like a rapid fire thing, and I, I don't want to take this out, but I, th I found several of these things. John 14, 26 talks about how Jesus teaches. 1 Corinthians uh, 2, 13, once again, talks about how the Spirit teaches. In the book of Acts, it talks about how he speaks. In Acts uh, 13, 2, it talks once again about how he speaks. Another verse talks about how, uh, in John 16, 13, it talks about how he's a guide. You guys brought up Ephesians 4.30, and I think that was beautiful, Tom. 4.30, starting off with that, about the Spirit being grieved. But the first time when Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit and how he was going to send the Holy Spirit was in John 16.7. And he said, listen, I got to go away because my Father's going to send a helper. Now, in the Greek, this word helper means parakletos or parakletos, and it literally literally translates a replacement of me it's a direct helper of me this is awesome because the holy spirit is someone i think that's undermined when it comes to everything he gets like the i'm sorry he gets the blunt end of the stick a lot of times in our spiritual walk doesn't he but he He's the one who's supposed to be here to bring glory to God and bring glory to Christ. He's always supposed to, and that's what Christ said. He will bring remembrance of me to you, and he will bring glory to the to the Father and so forth. So, We've talked about grieving the Holy Spirit, all the, the things that we can do to make it upset. And in Re Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Here I am, stand or knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Let's take a step further here, and we open our hearts, and we allow the Holy Spirit to come in. We, we walk with Him, and, and we abide with Him, and we talk with Him daily. Then the, some, some super awesome things start to happen. Three, three of the words to describe the Trinity are omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. And that basically means they're everywhere, they know everything, and they never they never die. In Ephesians, not Ephesians, in Mark 13, 11, it says, When they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate whatsoever shall be given you in the hour that speak ye, for it is not... Ye that speak with the Holy Ghost. Have any of you guys ever uh, tried witnessing to somebody or talking to anybody about about God, where you kind of blacked out and you were really thankful at the other end, but you don't really know what you said? Oh man, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded of the verse that says, it "Talks about opening your mouth wide, and I will fill it." There's been many a time when I was talked to people and I really didn't know, even when I was preaching, I didn't know what scriptures were coming to mind. And all of a sudden I would quote a scripture that I hadn't even researched and I hadn't looked at that scripture for years. And the Lord would use scriptures that I had, I had put into my mind years ago. And all of a sudden I was just, just saying them like, like I had been memorizing them and I just looked at it or something. And it was just amazing how the Holy spirit just let me, you know, flow with his words and the person would get saved. Or We're sorry, ladies and gentlemen, due to technical difficulties, Mike will no longer be joining us with audio. 
we will be using text messages back and forth in order to relay his messages. We like him better that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 man. You see, and this is why we need to upgrade to YouTube, guys. <laughs> He's an ex- excellent the, speaker. The, the fun is, is in the face. So anyway, Tom, do you want to take this up with another question to uh, drive us forward? Well, um, I heard Mike's answer. Have any of you guys... Had any issues like that where Holy Spirit kind of took the driver's seat and directed you where he needed you to go? Yeah, I've got several, but the one that I'm thinking of right now is we were at Church of God. We were sitting in a service, and it was very moving. There was an invitation given. There was a whole bunch of people that went down front to pray. As try as I might, there was a man in front of the church that He didn't like me very much. Let's just put that, you know, I'm going to put it as nice as I possibly can. And so I kind of separated myself from him. But you're a likable guy. I would like to think so. I (laughs) I see you, Sully, over there. But, But it's one of those things where the Holy Spirit is prompting you strongly, almost pushing you out of your seat to go and pray with this man. And if you're obedient to the Holy Spirit prompting you, I mean, I raised up out of my seat, and I went, and I put my arm around this man, and I prayed with him. I prayed over him. I wept with him. This was the Holy Spirit moving in me. The payoff was the end. Not that I was looking for a payoff. I wasn't feeling funny or anything, but like he pushed me up there, and I prayed, and I cried, and he didn't know who it was. The guy? The, the guy? No, he didn't know who it was. And then he finally looked over. And he saw who it was, and he he, he became he re, he was um, how shall I say this? He repented right there, and he asked for my forgiveness right there. So that wasn't it wasn't just once again we've talked about this before these golden threads that God has is threading through our lives. So that just wasn't just for you. No, it not seems at like all. it was for both uh-uh, of you. No. I think more so him than me, but because but I was in shock. I mean, I, w- I wanted to be obedient. But he just begged for forgiveness, and we embraced, and, and you know, it was, it was an awesome moment, an awesome moment. I mean, if you don't think the Holy Spirit's going to move you, if you've got, yeah, you just hang on, <laughs> because it's going to happen. I mean, I've had many things like that, but that was the one that really stuck out. You're going up to pray for a guy that has told you he doesn't, he doesn't like you, and that's the nice <laughs> version of it. I've I've had several in my life. I know one one specifically. It was a it was a young man, and it was at work, and I was training him on a specific machine and on a job, and he was a captivated audience because I was training him for four days. And <laughs> let me just put it this way: I only remember little bits and pieces of those four days because I would come out of there, and similar to what. Uh, like Mike was saying when it come when it came to like scripture and, and this kind of stuff, like where is this coming from? I haven't read that verse in so long, and I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not one who's like, oh yeah, in Psalms thirty three six it says, and I'm not like that. I, I I know that okay, the book of Revelation says this, Daniel you know says this, Matthew has this account, you know I know those type of things, but I don't know the Bible verses, and apparently this kid needed the Bible verses because. That's what the Holy Spirit gave to me. And I remember walking out after, the, you know, every break, I was like, okay, what just happened? And I, and I literally had to 
focus in order to think about what just happened because, uh, bluntly as I can, but the Holy Spirit, I, I basically allowed the Holy Spirit to just use my mouth and, and speak what needed to be spoken. And I know Scripture talks about this where, uh, I know I wrote it down, that the Holy Spirit will, be, will give remembrance to you when the time comes. And that's why, you know, stuff like reading, reading Scripture is so important. It's not about necessarily memorizing every single verse, but if you never read it and you don't know it, how can you share it? Because the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit is the one that will bring it back. And I, I've had many instances where that's happened, where I've shared the Word of God, shared a testimony, spoke with somebody, and it just all of a sudden just clicks, and it just falls in place. And and I just say all this stuff. And I know this isn't quite the path that you were going down with this question, but I think also on the flip side of that coin, I think the Holy Spirit worked in a miraculous way in allowing them in many instances, to hear what God knew that they needed to hear. Because I remember not saying specific things, and, they, and I've had people come up to me, Justin, do you remember when you said this, this, and this the other day when we, we were speaking? And I was like, no, I was talking about this, and they heard something completely different that they needed to hear, not what I was saying, and what, not what I was spewing out. That's really cool. You and I talked a little bit about this at work. Um, the Tower of, of Babel, or Babel, uh, when they were trying to reach the heavens, and God put a huge communication barrier between everybody. On Pentecost, when the whole speaking in tongues thing, where God showed his power again by removing that barrier and allowing his glory to shine through by everybody being able to hear the same message in different languages. God's power is infinite. The power of the Holy Spirit is just awesome. I want to extend this out to the listeners to comment on this episode or just to go to our Facebook and strike up the conversation. What What do you think about the Holy Spirit? Give us some accounts. There's there's awesome, awesome accounts. Everybody has great stories, and, and we'd love to hear them all. I would like to know your guys' viewpoint on on this topic that we talked about tonight. Do you guys have anything else to add to this? I, I would say my only capping thought would be is that the Holy Spirit, like God, is is a person. When it comes at the end of the day, when we when we're making our decisions, we're uh, you know on a, on a moment to moment basis, and at the end of the day, when we have to make our choice to follow Christ or not. The bottom line is, is he's a person and he's looking for a relationship. He's just like God, just like Jesus, they, they are. And Jesus said something very interesting. I and my father are one. That meant one in unity. And the Holy Spirit is in that family. And he was, and I like what you just said about that uh, earlier in the beginning, Tom, which was that he was mentioned in Genesis, when it talks about the, the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters, or I'm sorry, over the, over the face of the deep, uh, he, he has mentioned the Spirit of God is mentioned all through the Old Testament. He has been there trying to help guide humanity in the way it should go. And like <laughs> many of us here, we, uh, <laughs> we don't want to listen. <laughs> I just wanted to throw one more thing in. Um, Mike, I don't know if you remember this. Shake your head if you were raised Baptist. I think I think you were. Oh, okay. Do you remember 
the little pamphlet that was given to you. I, I remember a pamphlet when I was a kid. It talked about how how important the Holy Spirit was and how we should invite the Holy Spirit to come into our life. I don't remember how it went. I just remember that was the gist of it because it was a big deal. The Holy Spirit's a big deal. It's important for us to have the Holy Spirit part of our life and being dwelt by the Holy Spirit. And we can pray that prayer that God would fill you with his Spirit, with his Holy Spirit. And, I mean, it's a big deal for the listeners. It's a big deal. I'm sure Mike's got something to say. I can see him texting or something. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit does some some awesome things. And there's a lot of times, and I, I'm surprised I'm holding it together right now, but there's a lot of times when I speak, he knows what needs to be done. And I will weep. I don't understand why that happens. I just begin to speak the words that he wants me to speak. I, I mean, I had a problem. I had, a, I had a hard time with Sully today. Not with him, but I was encouraging him. And I got really emotional. And I had to walk away. And he walked away. He understood. But that happens to me a lot when I'm speaking. I remember at Church of God, I would stand in the front. They would ask me to speak, and I would shake my head, and they would, they kept saying, no, come, please, come and say something. <laughs> but but I can almost, I mean, I, I can name a million times where I've stood, and I started to speak the words that God gave me, and I was overcome with emotion. That's awesome. Uh, and, and that also preaches, and people relate to that. Uh, and I thank God for that. Mike has a final thought as well. Uh, he says, he is here to comfort us when we need him the most. The peace that passeth all understanding. That actually is a really good uh, message to wrap this up on. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, this has been Tom. This is Justin. This is Sully. This is Wayne. Mike says, this is Mike. Thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Well, hello again. I hope you had a great time. Feel free to reach out to that chili crew on the interwebs. You can reach them at that book of faces. Also a twittering bird. And you can also send an electronic mail at biblicalchili at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. And we hope to see you soon.